Hello, and welcome to this special episode of the Dustress Podcast. This is the first of the As They Sleep episodes, following Rick in his sleepless vampire life. Let's get into it, everybody. Welcome to Dustress. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. Welcome to Dustress, a high fantasy, high magic homebrew world in the Pathfinder system with custom magic rules. This and Eldritch Stream Games production is made possible by our patrons, Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bealey, Eric S. Pat, and Robin Mims. We encourage you to stick around after this story to hear about the great projects these people are working on. But for now, let's get to today's episode. So yeah, when you come downstairs, you will see, and it's it's not like they have electric lights, right. but there's a lantern on in the room, and uh, Dravik is is sitting there in the chair, and Lila is up pacing, walking back and forth, just pacing. You're in mist form though, so what do you do? Oh no, I I would have turned back into solid as soon as I was on the other side of the door. Oh okay, so like as soon as Dravik sees you, he will stand up and he'll say. Okay, uh, thank you. She's been like this pretty much since they pulled her off the boat. Pacing? Agitated, I guess is a good word for it. She, uh, she doesn't, she doesn't want to be still. She's upset, um, and not, I mean, she's upset about Tristan, obviously, but it's not that that's got her like this. And she keeps saying stuff to me that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And she keeps saying that she wants to tell you and, and, and your group. Okay. Um, what happened to Tristan? Tristan had a habit of running away from home ever since Lila disappeared and sneaking aboard the ships to try and find her. And he was young. He was only about 17. But uh, he was on the ship when it went down and he wouldn't get off because he didn't know where she was and he was insistent on finding her first. Rick just kind of closes his eyes. Where is he? <clears throat> uh, did, did they get his body back? Yeah. Um, thanks to the merfolk, all the all the bodies, all the bodies were retrieved as, as well as them helping to free a lot of the people. And well, she's young. She fancies herself to have been in love with the boy. So that was obviously upsetting to her, but she's focused on something else right now. And it's made no sense to me so far. Okay. Let's hear her. Let's see it. Okay. So like he'll, he'll tap her on the shoulder and, and basically tell her to go slowly and explain what it is she's, she's been trying to, to say to everybody. And she will start signing um, and he will begin trying to interpret what she's saying to you. And basically she was saying they, she, she keeps saying they would grab the people and some of them would go in the holding cells, but some of them would go into rooms like hers. And that when they made port in the cities, people from the holding cells were taken and put on the slate box and they were sold but not the ones in the rooms. The ones in the rooms were not put on on the slave blocks. And that there was one port they would stop in 
that when they got there, the army would come and take the people from the roof. She would tell you she doesn't know for certain. She thinks they were in Dunwich and the men would come and they were in armor and they had swords and they would come and they would take the girls and they would take them off the boat. And they didn't give the slavers money, they gave them a piece of paper. And when they got to Valinor, they, a man came who was dressed very, very well and they gave the paper to him and he gave them money. Can, can you ask her if I can see this? I have a spell. Um, and like Dravik will ask her and she'll just nod her head. She's very enthusiastic. She, she's trying, trying to get something across. All right, so I'm going to cast a share memory and allow her to show me whatever memories she wants. If it's going to last longer than a minute, I'll cast it again. I will heal the hit points by the time a minute has passed. So, Okay. So yeah, it, it will probably take a few castings of this, but basically you will see her be taken by a group of men that take her to the slave ship. And one of the brothers is there and he recognizes who she is. And knowing about who she is and the kind of power she has, he puts her in a special cabin with a desk where she could draw these pictures. And anytime they are near heel point, she will draw these pictures and they will collect them and they will go and pick up girls. Um, they do take male slaves as well, but the men usually, the men almost always go down to the holding deck, uh, to the cells. And many of the girls do too, but each slave is brought before the brother and he determines where they are sent. Every time they come into port at a city that has the auctions, they are taken out and Lila watches through this window, this porthole. As they are taken out and put on the, the auction blocks and sold. But it's only those from the cells that get taken out. The ones in the cabins like her, they're treated better. They get fed better. They get medical attention if they need it. And they stay until the ship gets to Dunwich. And at Dunwich, you these men come aboard. They're not actually like army. You can tell that because they're not necessarily all in matched armor or insignia or anything but they are all heavily armored people. And it's the middle of the night and they come on board and they round up these people that are in the cabins, hand the brother a slip of paper and take these people off. And then the next time the ship's in Valinor, there is a very well-dressed, you, you would know it to be a noble man, come aboard the ship. The brother hands him the paper and he pays him a sizable sum of gold. Okay. Uh, do I get any of the faces of any of these people? Um, you can see the faces of the noble, or the face of the nobleman very clearly. He's not, as far as you can tell, he's not trying to disguise himself in any way. Okay. Most of the guards have like helms on and that kind of thing, so you don't really get any facial features with them. <laughs> but it is pretty obvious obvious that those in, in the holding cells are being sold off as slaves. It's just normal slaver activity. 
right. but there is something odd going on with these that are being kept in the in the cabins. Uh, do, did she ever see any of the special slaves? Did she see their faces? <clears throat> um, she would recognize some of them as being girls that had gone missing from the area. Um, you can make me an intelligence check. 18. Okay, so you will notice that during this process of the girls being brought before the, this particular brother, that basically it seems like people who are weaker or sickly or have some kind of deformity, anything like that, are sent down to the normal slave house. The ones that are held seem ex- like they're extremely healthy, hardy people. I have the likeness of one of them. Like, I've seen them, though. Of, of the girls themselves? Yeah. No. She recognizes them. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But, like, she saw them. Like, in the memory, oh, yeah. I'm seeing them. Yes. Okay. She, she recognizes some of the girls because they were from the Hill Point area. Okay. And uh, she shows me, like, that dock where the army comes to pick them up? Yeah. Uh, yes. And like you can you can see what she can see on the dock. You though you have never been there, just from some of the writing and everything, you realize that this is up at Dunwich. Okay. But the man that the nobleman that the paper gets handed off to is down in Valinor. Okay. Um, I'm going to notate in my mind uh his face. And as many of the faces of the special slaves as I can. Okay. And then I'm going to use scrying on them. Uh, Because uh, I've heard of them from her. I get, they get plus five on their will save to resist. But because I have their likeness, um, they get a minus two. So they get a plus three on their will save total. Okay. uh, To resist me scrying them. Uh, and I'm going to be casting it at the fourth level instead of the third level option that I have. Okay. Um, so who are you scrying on first? Uh, the nobleman. A DC 19. When you start scrying on this nobleman, you will actually start to see something kind of trying like to come into focus. Like it's really mm-hmm. out of focus and it starts trying to come into focus. And then you will feel it break. And you will know immediately that, that there, there's some kind of enchantment. That he's got some kind of protection that, that's keeping that from going through. <sighs> Fucking rich people. Okay. Wasn't beyond my expectations. Uh, and then I'll try uh, looking for one of the special slaves. Okay, so the girl is very easy to zone in on. Um, she's in a room. It actually looks like a like a really nice in room for this this time period that's going on around you, and except that there are bars on the windows, it's it's obviously a prison, but it's done very nicely. There's bowls of fruit and breads and cheeses sitting around on plates, so that she's obviously being really well fed. Uh, everything is clean and you would think this was somebody who was well to do and, and living a good life if it weren't for those bars on that window and I'm limited to 10 feet around them so I can't like 
exactly see out the window for very far. Right. Uh, I'll go through, cycle through the rest of them. I take it it's a similar situation. Yeah, it's it's the same situation for each of them. Like they've got really nice clothes. The 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 bed clothes are really nice. It's just those bars on the window tell you something is not right. It's weird. There's no bruises or marks on them, anything like that. They're in prison, but it's nice. They're barred in, but they're well-fed and well-taken care of, it looks like. I don't know where they're at. Just someplace with bars on the window. Dravik will just kind of look at you and be like, what do you think that means? Maybe they're slaves to somebody who's extremely rich and powerful, or maybe they're pigs being fattened for something. I don't know, they gave them a lot of food. Do they look plumpish? at all I wouldn't call them plumpish uh necessarily but these are like farm girls they're they're hardy they're used to l- labor you know what I'm saying uh yeah so they're they're definitely in good shape could be some sick fuck thinking they're doing them a favor but keeping them caged I don't know nothing about it screams awesome to me the part that confuses me is why would they be taken one place and payment be received on the other fucking side of the world. It's a middleman. The nobleman's protected from divination. If we want to find him, we're going to have to go back to Valinor and find him the hard way. Well, I would like to bring these girls home if possible, but without understanding what's going on, I think that's going to be difficult. I could try teleporting to where they are, but I'd be going in practically blind, and from what I understand, it's dangerous to do that. I just know the whole thing has her very upset. Tell her... Tell her I'm thinking. She seems to have some preconceived notion that you're supposed to fix this. (laughs) It is my job. I think that might be asking a little much. Uh, you do have to keep in mind that she's young. And I'm dead. I'm dead. You can't spell undead without dead. Yes, but you were dead. And Gav undid it, so you're undead. I'm sure that's not the technical way it works, but you get what I mean. Dravik, could you do me a favor? I can certainly try. What do you need? I need to get into the temple, if that's even possible. Vampires can enter sacred ground, right? They just have to be invited, same as everything else. Yeah, Drav would kind of laugh at you and be like, um, the temple here is a temple to all gods. Any priest or priestess is allowed to have a room and to practice there. It is neither holy nor unholy. I need to get where the corpses are. That should be easy enough. Um, there's a room in the back that is where the dead are taken. Do I need an invite to that room? It's a, the whole temple is city property. It belongs to me. Do I have permission? Of course. Just, uh, don't make any more vampires tonight, please. Uh, I, I, not, not my intention at all. I'll be back soon. Uh, or are you going to bed soon? Uh, well... I would like to have been to bed a few hours ago, but uh, as I say, Lila's upset. I'll see if I can do anything about that. 
and I'm gonna kind of like nod and head for the door. All right. And he will go back to trying to uh, quiet Lila, so to speak. Not that she's noisy, but you know. Right. To calming her. So I go to the uh, to the room of the dead. All right. Uh, it's easy enough to go to get inside. Uh, they're not like expecting people to come and take all the bodies or anything, you know. Right. So, uh, yeah, you you can get inside. I've been dead less than four days, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go in, and I'll be casting false life on myself before I do this each time because I haven't uh, cast that other spell on me yet. Um, right. But I'm going to go find all the townspeople. Okay. And- so. In this room, mm-hmm. you will find um, uh, there are two people who are badly burned that you are guessing are the farmers that were in the inn. And there is a young young man, uh, which you would guess to be Tristan. And then there are three other female bodies there that uh, just based on the look at them you would assume that they had drowned as well okay as bard spells I'm going to charge a few pebbles each with uh, cure light wounds and then I'm going to set them on each body that when they are disturbed they will activate okay Um, and then I'm going to go through and starting with the burnt farmers, uh, I am going to cast Raise Dead on them. Okay. Uh, if they're first level, they take two con drain. Otherwise, they take another level. Yeah. Um, most, of, most of these people are just commoners. So there's that. And I do have my mask back on. Okay. You said you're starting with the farmers? Yeah. So when... The first of these men get up and he look kind of looks around, unsure of precisely what is happening, of course. And you see his eyes fall on uh, one of the girls and he will rush over to her and grab a hold of her and just start sobbing. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to put a hand on his shoulder and hold a finger to my mouth. I'm going to stall for time to heal, cast greater false life on myself, heal, and then I will cast it on her next instead of the next farmer. All right. So when this girl comes to and wakes up, uh, she, she sees she sees this man there and she's just like, Daddy, and she throws her arms around him. And like he is just, he is beyond words. Uh, he has not seen her in the slaves had taken her you know the slavers had taken her and and he had counted her as lost you know and so I'll, he is just overwhelmed at the side I will try her. and gently direct them to the door 
uh, uh, he he will he will take her and and he's basically just going to take her home, which uh, that will be fun for him to explain to his wife, who's already identified both their bodies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will then return, rinse and repeat for the next. Um. Yeah. No, he 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 doesn't. But uh, he does. He. he he is baffled, of course, unsure of what is going on. Um, and he will he will try to speak to you, but if you do not speak back, he will eventually just kind of run out of the room figuring take what you got, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna let them hear my voice. And I will go through the rest of them, leaving uh Tristan for last. Um, and I will make sure that no one else is around. I'll make sure all the girls will run off. Yeah. Um, the the girls would actually, when they left, they, w- they would not head home. But it'll take them a little bit to get where they're going and whatnot, so. Okay. And once I'm sure that it's just me and him, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, uh, rinse and repeat spells on him. Uh, but to him, I will speak. Well, as soon as, as he's up and looks about, he will start signing at you at breakneck speed. I, I don't understand. Hold on. And I'll cast tongues. What is he saying? He He's he's asking for like, where's Lila? Where's Lila? Do they still She's, have her? She. Wait, can I do the sign now that I cast tongues? Yes. I'll sign back to him. She's all right. Come with me. And he'll kind of look at you and he'll sign with you. And he's like, you know, I can hear you, right? I just can't talk. I don't want to waste the spell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he will get up and follow you. So I will take him back to the mansion. And okay, I will... Well, you will be about halfway there when you see Zav coming with uh, these two girls. And he'll kind of look at you and he's like, did you do this? I shrug at him. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm, I'm going to take them home. Uh, where are you taking him? I point at the mansion. Wait, I sign at him to the mansion. You understand this, right? Yeah. Um, okay, just don't let him go home till I have a chance to go talk to Sammy. I thumbs up. His mom. All right. So let me give me time to get them home and get back and talk to Sammy before you let him go. Thumbs up. All right. And he'll take the girls and he'll just be like, "All right, come on, girls, let's let's get you back to your mom and dad, and start down the road with them." All right. And I start to sign to him that what he was saying. Then I was like, and then I just sign. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> Tristan just kind of giggles in a way and, and signs at you and is like, don't worry, you'll get the hang of it. I sign at him for a few minutes at least. Uh, and I take him to the mansion. All right. So when you knock on the door, Dravik will answer. Um, and seeing Tristan standing there, he'll just kind of look at you like mouth agape. 
and he's like I'm stronger now um yeah oh god this is gonna make Lala so happy uh, I figured it might help I figured it also might be something of a bandage for what happened well Lila and Sammy will be extremely pleased no sense motive that okay uh that uh, my big old fat sense but oh it actually, actually is big old fat sense motive uh 32 uh he's not unhappy like He's he's not criticizing that he didn't want this kid to be dead necessarily, but there is some trepidation because it's like now the problems are going to start again, you know? Right. But like I I feel like that actually kind of makes him makes Rick feel a bit better because like he doesn't just hate this kid so much that he would wish him dead. No, no, Dravik's not a bad person, and he he doesn't wish the kid dead, but at the same time, he's kind of dreading what's to come now, you know? Right. <laughs> um, but uh, he'll, he'll lead you on to the sitting room, and as soon as Lila sees him, she, her face just lights up, and she just runs over, and they start signing to each other like a mile a minute, you know, kind of thing. Like, I feel like even with the spell, it's like, that's a lot to listen to. Yeah, uh, Dravik will say, uh, um, who knew teenage girls could talk as fast with their hands as they can with their mouths? Imagine if they did both at the same time. Oh, Ivari did. Would she, like, use one word in voice and one word in sign, like, really fast like that? Oh, no, but, like, when... Lila was born and we figured out she was deaf and so started trying to teach her to sign from an early age and so like everything Avari would talk about she would sign about too and Avari was kind of hyper when she was young I hope uh, my conversation with her made her cheer up a little bit maybe well she firmly believes that something's going to be done now Oh, I meant Vari, but yeah, that too. Well, I haven't talked to Vari. I, I'm still not allowed in the room. Um, but, oh. you know, being big brother sometimes is wonderful and sometimes is a huge pain in the ass. So. I, ho- I hold up a pebble. You want to be me for a minute? <laughs> no, no. Uh, she'll come around. She just, I don't know. I, I, her and Zav understand each other perfectly, maybe because they're twins, but I'm, I'm kind of out of the loop. That's fair. From what I understand, their twins here are a lot different, but really in ways the same from twins of where we come from. They're a huge Which... enough pain in the ass that I kind of wish they'd have been born separately. <laughs> hey, I, I have another question for you while I'm here. Okay. Uh, maybe that now that's poten- the potential for you to get some sleep. I've got to, I've got to watch him until Zav comes by. But uh, where are the slavers? They weren't in the corpse room. Uh, oh, 
Call us petty if you would like, but uh, kind of didn't feel like giving them a proper burial, so they're out in the Travis's boneyard. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with that. They still have all their gear on them? No, the gear was confiscated by Gav to be sold at market for many to help the town. Oh, shit. Any chance it's not sold yet? Oh, I doubt he sold any of it yet. We haven't had a ship come through to send it off. Um, that's right. Y'all would need that, wouldn't y'all? Uh, anyway, I can procure some of it in form of compensation for killing them or some other means of getting some of it? Uh, I'm sure you can. Uh, Gav handles all the finances. Just talk to him and whatever he works out with you, I'll sign off on. Okay. I'm gonna watch the kid and wait for Zav to come and then I'm gonna see if Zav will accompany me out to the uh, boneyard. If you're going to be the chaperone, just, yeah, chaperone. You have to understand, I I have no reason to dislike the boy other than the fact that he is technically a grown man. And she's not grown. I understand that they could talk to each other and, and that's an oddity for both of them. And so that causes them to have a special kind of connection. But she's a child, and he is not. Legitimate, legitimate question. I, I don't mean to sound uh, stupid here, but I don't know that much about uh, your aging and maturing. Y'all have y'all become adults at what around a uh, hundred years old or so? Yes. Y'all mature at the same rate? Uh, everything has slowed down for us. I think that at least, like, intellectually and, you know, impulsively, y'all be a bit ahead of your physical bodies. Intellectually, yes. Obviously, she's had more time to study things, to learn things. I'm not so sure about him impulsively or she wouldn't have been sneaking out of the house to go down to the beach and collect sea cells in the middle of the night so she could meet up with him. I guess that's fair. Well, she is still kind of young, I guess, but he's going to age a lot faster than her. That That is true. But she is 96 years old. She will not be an adult until she is 110. Rick just kind of blinks a couple of times. So, uh, I would prefer her not running off and eloping with a 17-year-old boy. Man, it's gotta suck, too, if if you, like, end up falling in love with uh, somebody who's gonna die when you're middle age. It's a problem in this world for a lot of people. Uh... Because every race ages a bit differently. I just know that in those 14 years, he is going to grow and change a lot. And he might outgrow her. And so it is 
best to have some rules in place about what is and isn't allowed until we reach that point and find out what is where they're both at. I don't feel like holding her back is helping. I've met people that are as old as me that have as much experience and understanding of the world as 30 and 40 year olds where I'm from. It's about experience. It's about what you do, not what you don't. You sound an awful lot like a worry. She says that I do not understand Lila because Lila is a female and that they are drow. And so, of course, they are smarter than me. <laughs> uh, it's a little sexist, but refreshing in the way that it's very opposite from where I come from. Oh, I'm glad you find her so refreshing. I find her to be annoying at times. <laughs> I suppose that's normal for siblings, so. I wouldn't know. Well, you're about to find out you have a whole family now. They get annoying, so. I'll send them to your house. And don't do it till I'm back in there. I'm just using it for the time being. You have a plan. I have a few. If you need assistance, you know where to find us. That I do. Just... Russell doesn't know I'm here. I want to keep it that way for the most part. If girls or the farmers want to spread rumors about the white-faced devil or whatever the hell they're going to call me. That's fine. I didn't say anything. The farmers and their daughters are simple folk. They're likely to think some god visited them. It's good enough. Um, I would just make sure that Tristan knows to keep quiet about it. I'll let him know. I've got to walk back with him anyway when Zoff comes to pick him up. The boy himself is not a gossip, but he'll tell his mom. And His mom is a school mom, and she talks to all the other moms in the town. I'll let her know then. She's a good teacher, though. That's good. My world, a lot of the teachers are shitbags. She, uh, she spent the majority of her life learning to be a teacher. It's all she ever wanted. And, uh, other places wouldn't let her teach because of what she is. We were more than happy to let her do so. Sounds familiar. I wasn't born in that time or my place, but the echoes and the dregs and all that the hidden parts were still there just not the really overt shit oh she's a an ifrit and uh, some people took issue with that I suppose I can only imagine how that go down where I'm from we were all humans uh, people judged each other based on their skin color their ideologies sexuality gender it was pretty fucked up. 
things aren't so very different here. Uh, here they they judge you based on whether you have horns or pointed ears or the like. But uh, still the same notion. Same shit, different paint. Yeah. And trust me, people were not always so uh, understanding about Zob and his preference for men. You've seen the scars on his chest and his back. Yeah. What the what the drow matrons thought of it. Fun. Yeah, he had a tough time of things. But he's happy now. That's good. It's interesting. The their windows are all set up to have those symbols in them, but I could barely see them. I got these fancy new eyes. Uh that would be Gab's doing. He, uh, his god and Zob's god are very different. I wouldn't imagine they get along well, but, uh... My reading, uh, devils don't tend to get along well with people. Yeah. Well, Gab didn't want the place to reflect one of them more than the other. And that's difficult given this strict rules he has to live by, I suppose you could say. Right. I was reading about some of that. Seems like it's a dangerous game to play. Frankly, at this point, I trust Gavin more than I trust some interdimensional lawyer. Gavin is a good person. He follows the god he follows because it is his way of ensuring that if he is killed, his soul will be preserved. Preserved from what? I don't understand all the ins and outs of it. I, I've not studied it a whole lot, but... Uh, when I was dead, it was just black. But he said that I was being held in limbo. Typically, when people die, they go to a place where they face a judgment. And based on how they lived their lives, how they are judged, depends on what happens to them. But Gavin, I suppose many of the vampires believe that they don't get that same consideration. That they are considered evil just for existing. I think I've read a little bit about this. Phrasma, right? She hates undead. That's right. And supposedly some of these vampire gods can ensure that their soul is sent to them in some way. I Don't ask me how it works. Okay, I won't. <laughs> I'm sure Gav could explain it to you. Hey, Drav. What? How does it work? Bite me. <laughs> you don't want me to. No, not really. But Zav will eventually come around. Okay. And he will tell you, uh, he's talked to Sammy, told her that uh, Tristan's back, he's okay, and is ready to take the boy home. All right. I'm going to walk with you. I need to... Uh tell the kid not to uh, spill the beans and because the impression I get is he's going to do that anyway to his mother tell her not to spill the beans 
and then I need babysitting. Okay. Um, if you don't want her to know exactly what's going on, it might be best if she doesn't see you. I can talk to her. All right. She knows me. So. Works for me. Well, I guess the kid doesn't really know who I am. Well, she might have told him. They were talking really quickly. <laughs> they, they do that. I'll cast tongues on myself again. All right. And be like, hey, kid. Shit, you understand the fucking spoken word. Anyway, I'm just going to... I already cast a spell. I'm using it. <laughs> uh, I need you to not tell anybody about me. Yeah, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, I I'm just happy Lila's okay. Hmm. Somebody got her off the ship, and I'm I'm sorry you kind of died. No, no, it's fine. If if Lila could be safe, I don't mind. Like, if you want to say that, like, some... You saw something when you came back, that's fine. But if you know who I am, don't say anything. And I also didn't speak. You catch my drift? Yeah, I, 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 I've I, got it. I, I'm not as dumb as Drovic likes to think I am. Uh, fair enough. Zav will, will take him in and talk to Sammy for a few minutes. And then come back out, and yeah, he'll tell you that Sam, Sammy understands. She's not going to say anything. Thanks. You want to take a walk out to the uh, animal boneyard? Okay. Uh, any particular reason? A couple. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll just start walking that way. Yeah, he'll he'll follow you. I'll head out there. And while I'm rummaging around the pile looking for the slavers, uh, I'm going to whistle into the woods. Uh, that will be how my skeletons know to come find me. All right. So uh, it's not hard to find them. They're on top of the pile. They were just thrown out there. That's Disregarded fair. unceremoniously, something like that. When, when my uh, skeletal deer come out, they're all... Like, because they're already enhanced, they've got, like, these cloying shadows that, because they're unintelligent, they don't know how to, like, suppress them or anything. Uh, so they've got these cloying shadows as they step out of the woods toward me. Um, uh, I will instruct them to, uh, to, um, stay in the woods, but, like, kind of cluster together and stay a little bit closer to town than I had had them before. Because okay. uh, I had had them kind of spread out. Well, you're not um, going to be able to have them in the woods and close to town? Or, like, close to here. Like it's like, the the uh, the town is built on top of the hill in, in this very plainsy landscape. Okay, I'll have them go closer to the shore then. And I will tell them not to act aggressively unless aggressed upon. Okay. And then, and then I am going. You. Yeah, and they meow at me. There's a cat somewhere, tavern cat. <laughs> I'm sure it's upset because <laughs> the tavern is gone. Right. But I am going to, with a surprising amount of strength, hoist uh, 
um, the wolf brothers onto my shoulder and then drag the one Ifrit. Um, and I'll, I'll turn to Zav and be like, they didn't find the other one. Uh, not as far as I know. I look at him. This isn't the one, but it'll do. And I'll start dragging them back towards town. All right. And I'll go back to Gavin's uh, before anybody can see me or lights come out. Are you leaving the bodies at your house or? No, I'll take them into the guest room. You're taking them into Gavin's? Yeah. Okay. Um, I will cast any spells needed to not make them stink. All right. Like, you will notice Zav does not find this disturbing or odd that you're doing this. I had a feeling he might not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't figure he would find it all that strange. I'm going to... You're making them undead, I take it. Uh, Yeah, actually, I am going to wait. I'm just going to kind of shove them in the corner and find a way to preserve them. <laughs> Stack them in the closet? Yeah. All righty. So... Given that you don't sleep, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to say day three starts for you with the rise of the sun. Yes, today is the day where he starts setting all of his little plans in motion. So what is the first thing Rick is going to do? He is going to go to Gavin. Some information for you, because Mm -hmm. since you are staying with Gavin, you would know this. Gavin, of course, is normally at the guild house, the merchant guild house during the day, but he travels back and forth via a tunnel from his basement to the basement there. Cool. Is it a proper size tunnel or is it a you got to use gaseous form tunnel? It is a proper size tunnel because Zav often makes use of it as well. All right. And when you get down in the tunnel system, you will see that there is the tunnel that goes to the guild hall, but there is also another one that goes off another direction um, in the direction of the inn, basically. I think before he heads off, he'll nose about and inspect that tunnel. Yeah, if you venture down through it, uh, of course, as you get closer that way, you can smell the ash and the soot and whatnot. And the door itself that has something heavy set on it, it would it would be... Ex- for, well, for you and Gav, it wouldn't be difficult to move, probably. But for most people, it would be extremely difficult to open this door. But I can infer that um, this leads into the inn? Yes. And the inn is burned down right now, and it's daytime? Yes. So yeah, I'll just leave that be. You could also probably infer that Avari couldn't move whatever is sitting on top of it to get out that way. Uh, if he looks around like the edges of it, are are there cracks at all? Like um like seams anywhere where Yes. Um the the actual like quote unquote trapdoor itself is a grate here here at the end. So 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 I could tell that perhaps like there's no sunlight reaching wherever this is. Right. Uh, I'll gaseous form and see what the hell's sitting on top of the grate. Okay. So when you get up in the room, uh, of course, you see a staircase leading up, and uh, there is some sunlight on those stairs. And from the looks of things, 
this has got to be her lab. You will notice that uh, there's there's basically a, like a lab station on top of it, a, a, a large lab table. And there's three of these in the room and all of them have grates under them with kind of sloped floors. So it's likely that this is so if she, she spills something, it's easy to wash down the grate. The other two though, are very similar to the drains in your house. Given your high intelligence, you can also assume that it may not be that she absolutely couldn't move the thing. It may be that she didn't know about the grate in the tunnel. But this is probably how he gets to the inn during the daytime if needed. Yeah, this is obviously how he would travel through the day if he absolutely needed to be there for some reason. But as to whether Gavari just was not strong enough to move the lab table or whether she didn't know about the, the passage, you don't know. Okay. I'll go back down in the tunnel. Okay. And the tunnels themselves are worked stone. There's not any lighting in them, but given that uh, Gav and Zalv are the only ones that have really used them before, it's not necessary. Right. Um, I'll be keeping an eye out for um, just any cracks or little holes, like maybe a vampiric secret passage among these halls. Okay, uh, you will be needing to make perception checks for that. Uh, 24. So you do notice, not cracks, but in a few places along the, the tops of the tunnels, there are these decorative squares. And most of them are painted in or colored in in some way to be dark. But you start noticing some of them actually don't have anything in the center. Um, Rick will cautiously nose into one of these. Uh, he's going to keep an eye out for light. Okay. Because light at the end of the tunnel is not a good thing. Roll me a d4. Two. You start down in gaseous form, of course, through one of these little holes. When it comes out, you're in a basement that has lots of books stacked in it. There are personal effects as well, chests and things like that, but lots of books. Do I recognize any smells? Probably not. Everything down here is very musty and dusty. Whoever's basement this is, they don't use it an awful lot. Uh, I'll look around a little bit. I'm not. I'm gonna try and not really touch anything if I can. Um, but he's going to expect inspect the surrounding area, see if there's anything he can find out. Okay, really to 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 learn anything about it, you would have to interact with this stuff with some of the books or with some of the chest or something. Because everything is neat and organized and put away, basically. I'll go check a uh, I'll go check a book. You go over to where some of these books are, are stacked up and you open the side of it and you... I'm sorry, uh, you, you broke up? What'd you say? I, I said you open a cover and look inside of it. Okay. And you see the name Sammy Canterwell. That's the name of the teacher, right? 
You know, Sammy is the first name as a teacher. Uh, the last name you've heard for her was different, but you also know she was married at one point. Right. I'll put the book back. Okay. I'll go see if any of these chests are unlocked. Oh, yeah. None of them were locked. Um, there, are, it's, it's mostly clothing. There's one that contains... Uh, in your case, make a knowledge history check. 22. Okay, yeah. Uh, these would look like very early uh, doctor's implements to you. Okay. So, I think he's relatively sure of where he's at, kind of. Or at least whose place this is. So he's going to put everything back where it was. Close up the thing. And he's going to go back down in the hole. And look for another one. <laughs> okay, so are you just going to systematically go through them? Yeah, he's, he's being nosy while no one's paying attention. Okay, so uh, the next one, the, the, the closest one next to that is like right next to it. And when you go down there, through there, you will come into a basement. But the basement has been converted into living quarters. Though it doesn't look like somebody's lived here in a while. And you immediately start recognizing smells from from the killings, which is the drow. Okay. Based on some of the things you have been told, you figure this is probably where Zav stayed before he and Gavin started living together. Okay. Because location-wise and everything, the mayor's quarters are right next to the school. And these two tunnels were in very close proximity. So you're probably in Dravik's basement. Good to know. On to the next one. You, again, enter a basement. Uh, You can hear people moving around upstairs. And there is all kinds of stuff in here. It looks like a stock room. Does it seem like the, kind of like location-wise, does it seem like this might be the store? Yes. Okay. I'll take a peek around, see what's up. Um, well, not a lot's going on in the basement. If you want to eavesdrop on the conversations up in the, um... Main floor, you you can roll a perception to do that. All right, I'll do that while nosing about and see if there's any interesting wares. Okay. Um, twenty nine perception. All right, so uh, you can hear Zelka, who is the half orc woman that you know uh, owns the general store. You've bought stuff from her before and spoken with her a few times. Right. Uh, she's talking to another woman whose voice you don't recognize. Um, and basically, they're just talking about the fire. And Zelka is relieved that there was somebody who could heal her burns so they didn't scar and everything. Um, give me a sense motive roll. And this... Sense motive is also 17, so 27. Okay, so the impressions you get listening to this conversation is Zelka, in a little ways, is kind of vain, but it's not 
a type of vanity that you are necessarily accustomed to because it's not as concerned with how pretty she is because she is she has always been told her, her life she's not pretty being a half orc but it has more to do with the fact that she sees herself as a a lady a noble woman and she didn't want to walk around with these scars because it's already so accept- hard for her to get anybody to treat her and accept her in that manner all right i think rick definitely takes note of that uh any is there anything down here let, let me put it this way that she she doesn't put on the shelves no she pretty much carries standard stock goods that people would need for running their home they're things that people don't uh necessarily grow or produce here in town so it's things that are brought in on trade ships that she keeps stock to sell okay back in the hole all right so you take the last path Mm -hmm. and you end up in a basement that is extremely bare except for a message written on the wall stay out of my house i think he's gonna nose about some more (laughs) all right I'm, I'm not Gavin. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what form are you doing this in? Uh, I will definitely be doing this in a uh, gaseous form uh, okay. because I, I don't want to be opening or closing doors or making footsteps or anything like that. I'm going to be moving right. slow and quiet. Okay, so when you come out of this initial room you were in, you realize you are, based on the layout, the floor plan, you're in one of the noble houses. But the entire basement is completely bare. I go to the basement to not basement door. Is there light in it? Yes, there there is. It's not like extremely bright, but there's definitely sunlight coming through the windows on the first floor. If I listen really hard, do I hear anything? No. Okay, so all the guards have a noble house, right? Um, yeah, Gavin's off, share one. You, Brian, and Don have one. You know there are at least two others, and you know that on that first day that Mal went to show you the houses, he acknowledged one of them was his. Uh, I was figuring as much, but I couldn't remember if there was somebody else to add to that list. I'm just going to go back down the hole. Okay. And now, I mean it this time, on to the the guild house. All right. So when you get to the end of the hall uh, that leads to the guild house, there is not like a, a... a door with seams that you can see but being Gav's adopted you know the door is there now you can push the stone out of the way or you can gaseous form through it either one I'll gaseous form just in enough to see and see if there's anything around that it might be more pertinent for me to do it the other way um no the the opening comes up uh in a, a very small room. It's like smaller than a walk-in closet. And there's nothing in there. It's just a standing coffin. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll go up in there. Okay. No. Uh, make a perception check. 
30. Okay, so you can tell that Gab is in conversation with somebody on the other side of this wall. And given that you've been shown this and you know that uh, this quote-unquote door is actually a bookcase behind his desk, you think it might not be wise to open it until whoever he's talking to leaves? Yeah, I'll, I'll wait. I'll stay in Gash's form. It wouldn't take long. It is just one of the uh, farmers coming in with a form to let him know what goods they have put in the warehouse to go out on the next ship. So it wouldn't take long before they went on and you would be able to open the door and come on out. I would uh, I would floof out with the gaseous form because Rick really enjoys that. And like, as you come out, he wouldn't even turn around, but he'd kind of chuckle because he knows you're there. Yeah. And what, do I smell like a fart? No, that that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I guess. I came to ask you about something. I was informed that you are in possession of our uh, dead buddies' equipment. Buddies. The fuckers that were supposed to end up dead and still are. The slavers. Yeah. Well, you can, of course, buy it yourself if you wish i was thinking trade maybe i can kick out some pretty interesting stuff i feel like it's going to be more important that i have the particular items that they died with trade will work if you can provide items that would be easier to sell on the market than their armors and and gear and such i can would make my job easier I can do uh, just about anything you want to a pretty high degree. I got a bunch of spells that I can line up. I can make stuff other than weapons and armor now. I I can survive casting a fabricate spell. Okay. Um, Here's an idea. Around here, we've got people, of course, that grow cotton and and, uh, turn it into wools and such. Mm Mm-hmm. But we have to import if we want any linens or silks. All right. If you could make some bolts of those uh, of similar value, you could take the gear and instead of having to put ship on the ship and then sell it and then buy that stuff, could just deliver the stuff to, to Zelka to sell. Works for me. So yeah, I could I could do that. I could whip up silk. I could whip up uh, various cloths, um, leather. I could make leather that actually comes in bolts like the cloth, even though that's physically impossible in the natural state. <laughs> and metals. I could I could take any number of items and break them down into raw materials. Anywhere I I imagine with a high enough alchemy check, I could break things down even as far as their chemical constituents. Okay, well, he's not asking you to do all that. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying I think I can do it. Sorry. So, yeah, it, it I'd probably take, because I heal a lot faster, it would take me less time than it would have done with Brigard rubbing my back. So, I could probably have enough to do uh, 
and I'll I'll do a whole grade line. Like I'll I'll give him like here's some regular shit, here's some nice shit, all the way up to like masterpiece. I'll even make a a silk that's embedded with little gemstones. But once you've made the fabric and brought it to him, he would basically just give you whatever you want out of the storeroom. Okay, I only want three things. The scythe, the kukri, and the uh, suit of adamantine full plate. Okay. Adamantine is expensive. You got to make lots of fabric. Yeah, that's fine. Another thing I think I'll toss in just to... uh, just do it and he'll also make a set for himself of of uh masterwork tools for uh various crafts all made out of adamantine he'll go ahead and like make some adamantine great clubs or something just to use as raw materials okay and so the tools would you know they would last and they'd be good and they would still have a use you know right well yeah if you made like really high grade farming implements that's something that's probably going to sell decent around here but like rick doesn't know what the scythe like he he doesn't know what spire steel is so he's interested in the scythe and uh he needs the armor because it's important for what he's going to do to um that brother it's important that it is that suit of armor okay it has to be the suit of armor he died in. <laughs> so, uh, it was a pleasure doing business with you, Guildmaster. <laughs> go home. And he poof. And go back down in the tunnel. And he returns back to his room where he will take the bodies out of the closet. Yeah, take the bodies out of the closet. And he is gonna start to cast in. Okay, so I'm going to turn... Brainer was with the one with the armor. I'm going to put him back in his armor. And I'm going to cast Create Undead on him. Uh, I'm going to turn him into a Guardian Phantom armor. I'm going to turn the other one into a Skeletal Champion. I'm going to give the Skeletal Champion his old weapon back. His Kukuri. Okay. Um, I'm not going to give Brainer back his armor or I'm, I'm he is his armor now i'm not going to give him back his scythe he can have a long sword that i pull out of my ass because that's what's default on the thing um All right and uh at that point when i've got both of them up i will uh, i will give brainer instructions to just stand over there by the door and use his ability to just look like a suit of armor for now Okay. And I'm going to have the other one get back in the closet for now. Okay. So Rick is not weird or creepy or anything. He just has a living, not living, an undead suit of armor standing in his room and a skeleton lord in his closet. Not a skeleton lord. Oh boy, not a skeleton lord. A skeletal champion. Uh, Okay, a skeletal champion in his closet then. Most people, when they say they have skeletons in their closet, don't mean literally. Yeah, this one's going to jump out and kill people. This one is actually uh, intelligent and as slightly more powerful than the living person. They're both intelligent, but the skeletal champion's actually just an upgraded version of what he was in life. 
and then I'm going to take uh, Deju. What? Uh, Deju. That was the brother. That was Deju. the Ifrit brother. I'm going to take Deju, and I'm going to cut his head off and cast a combination of Animate Dead and Fly on it. And he is going to become a Burning Beheaded. That will look cool with his Ifrit horns, huh? Yeah. And like after all this casting, Rick is feeling like, hmm, this is annoying that I have to keep casting greater false life on myself to cast some of these spells. So he's going to cast greater false life on himself and pull out the spell that he used to power up his old skeletons and use it on himself. All right. And he is now bigger, badder, faster, stronger. Now, when you say bigger, you haven't changed size categories, have you? No, 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 no. I, just the, the term bigger, better, badder, stronger. Like, it's like not, he's not literally bigger unless you count his muscles. But he is more hardy now, uh, undead wise, and he has some new abilities. So he's going to suppress his dark shadows that go around him. And once he's back up to full health or close, he's going to go around to each of his three minions now and cast that on them. Okay. And have he'll have the uh, he'll have Brainer uh, suppress the shadows as well so that he's not just a shadow <laughs> in the fucking corner. Right. So you are our Halloween episode, right? I guess so. Um, <laughs> Doesn't have to necessarily be Halloween. You just Halloween episode. I am the Halloween episode. Given that they're intelligent, he will go about explaining to Bruner and Brainer. He'll open the closet door. That, like, and it's not really them. Uh, this is just they are intelligent. Um, that you are. Here to help me fix things. You'll do what I say because you don't have a choice. Just like the people that you took never had a choice. And like he's talking to them like they're them, but I think he knows that they're not them, but it makes him feel better. You're going to be fixing some of the problems that you started. You're going to be my guards, my buddies, my pals. You're going to do what I want. See, you're a little bit better than this dinky one over here. You get to think. But you're still mine. So how intelligent are these creatures? Um, Brainer only has an intelligence of seven. He's not very smart. Um, Skeletal champion. He has the same intelligence as his base. So um, I'd have to uh, find the cheat that... I was given because I have to actually go ahead and build him as well. Right. Tim, 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 Tim Dimus. Hi, Tim. I turned, I turned your characters into undead minions. Welcome, friend. You live on through undeath. So his intelligence is 10. Okay. So how long is Rick going to stay closed up in his room talking to these new friends of his? Uh, probably only a little bit. Uh, he'll have the beheaded follow him around. Okay. He's going to wait for 
Gav to uh, get off work. <laughs> all right. So, uh, of course, the day while you're working on all this stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I want to state because of the way burning beheadeds work, the flames around his head are this like dull crimson color. They don't like, like it just goes from this dull crimson to a slightly more vibrant crimson, but it's it's not got like all those pretty colors that fire normally has in it. Are they going to like catch the drapes on fire or you know? Um, if he if he goes and like noshes on them, yeah, but he won't. Okay. So throughout the course of the day, while you're working on stuff, with the end being destroyed, Zav would be in and out a few times. You know, have his lunch, grab a drink, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, he's not gonna bother you unless you say something to him. Right. Uh, I think I'll kill time by doing some more studying in the library. Okay. Yeah. Eventually, Gav will come back. Uh, he will come back through the tunnels, though. So he will come up from the basement and come come to find you. So, uh, did you? Uh, Deju is in tow, as he will likely be often, and I'll be like, hey, uh, Gav. I see you have a new skeleton head. Uh, that is an odd thing to say to somebody. Yeah, this is, uh, brother of the fucker killed me. Well, uh, I like the aesthetic. Good job. Um... I was wondering, I read some, as you may know, and I hold up my mushroom, like, as you may know, uh, got a familiar here, but I read about being able to bind stronger creatures into, uh, into a similar sort of service. Yeah, it's possible. But, uh, if you do that, what are you going to do with that little feller? Uh, I'm probably just give him like a little jar of dirt or something that's good it would it would be irresponsible just to ignore him and let him go you you still need to take care of him yeah and from what I understand he'll become more uh, mindless uh, when this happens just seeking out you know mushroom things Mm-hmm. That's easy to take care of. Mushrooms are easy to care for, especially when you live in eternal darkness. Oh, I'm just saying, it would be cruel to bring something like that in into existence as a familiar, and then when you replace it, not care for it for whatever time it has. Yeah, it'll be easy to care for, and might still find some use. These Dwemer caps are pretty interesting little fungus. But, uh, yeah, speaking of uh, cruel, I wanted to see if I could bind this fucker to me. Uh, I know how to do the ritual. Uh, I guess a lot of us do. I don't quite have the juice. We had a big group of people. I was wondering, since you can kind of crank out stuff without uh, eating up your life force... Is that even the right word for us? I tend to think so. Our force may not be the same as a normal living creature, but I suppose whether or not you're living 
is a matter of perspective. I mean, you're here instead in the afterlife, so. That's fair. But uh, I figured you might be able to help. Yeah, um, I can I can arrange for that to get done. But uh, there there's something else we need to to take care of first. What's that? Since you woke up, you've been sustaining yourself off of liquid cardboard. Yeah, not the best thing in the world. It works. It works for a while. The problem is that I don't know what did you eat where you came from. A wide variety of things. Well, yes, but just pick one. Pizza. Okay. So if you had to eat that constantly, every day, exactly the same, no change, and it wasn't even the best pizza, eventually it'd get to you, right? Yeah, food can get boring. Well, this can get a little more than boring. The substitute staves off immediate hunger, but... uh it doesn't actually satisfy whatever it is in us that makes us seek blood in the first place. So now and then you're going to have to feed. Okay. The first time you go to do it, I certainly want to be around. And so you don't lose control of yourself. Okay. Makes sense. So Vari is going to come by here in a little bit and allow you to feed. Okay. Um, um, oh, okay. She volunteered. Uh, I suppose you know that her and Zav feel every, all the pain the other feels. I think it was mentioned. So she already knows what it feels like. I see. Uh, that, that makes else, sense. Yeah. Somebody yeah. else might think, oh, I can handle this and then not. Yeah, I got uh, bitten by a mountain lion. That wasn't fun. Yeah, well, she knows what it feels like. She knows what to expect. So she volunteered. Okay. I hope I do well. And like he is kind of nervous. You do have to be careful. It's it is about self-control. Um, the person is going to experience some pain no matter what you do, and it does have a negative effect on their body, which can be corrected with certain kinds of magic. But if you lose control, you you will kill them or leave them in a state that is less than pleasant. Okay. I figure at least the first time, depending on how you do, maybe the first few times, I should be present so that if need be, I can intervene. Makes sense. I don't want to go offing people left and right for no good reason. Since she volunteered, like I said, she'll be around sometime tonight. Okay. She's a... Still been pretty much staying up in the house. Um, She's asked Mal to help her with something for that. But uh, I guess the easiest way to say it is, is with the amulet he gave her, she can, she looks normal, but she still has some mental 
reservations against being out too much. Right. Yeah, I I talked to her uh, last night. Well, I I knew you were there because she mentioned that you were more pleasant than having to listen to Dravik. So. I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised I wasn't scared. I think once you reach this state, there's just not much that you do fear. True. And I'm guessing that the lack of, I guess, actual standard biology kind of helps with that, too. I used to be afraid of spiders, but now they don't bother me. Well, you you couple that with the fact that you knew Avari wasn't out to kill you. And that even if she was, it would be an extremely difficult task to accomplish. It gets to the point where you're only really afraid of people who you know can can get rid of you for good. It's a good point. A time will come when the word vampire hunter will strike fear in you. I'll keep an eye out for Van Helsing, I guess. I don't know who that is. But most people, even if you end up having to fight them, would have no idea what needed to be done. But those that are trained for it, they tend to consider all possibilities. They tend to be ready for most everything. So it is it is a difficult fight and one that many people have lost. Oh. On the upside, I guess I have uh, the knowledge of time on my side. Time is both a good thing and a bad thing. Right. You will have time to learn a lot and to do a lot, but it can also be difficult to watch everyone around you go away and have to start all over. I I think that's one of the reason I prefer socializing with the with the elves. Does it live a long time? Yes. When you start over every generation or two, it helps when those generations are a couple hundred years apart at least. Right now, it may feel to you like 30 years is a long span, but that will change. Guess that makes sense. It's a uh, philosophy thing where I come from, the uh, curse of immortality. It can be. It is for many. It... uh, Depends a lot on, I guess, who you are and how you handle things and your perspective on things. A lot of people would go one way or the other on it. Philosophers and ethics people never could make up their mind. Well, I will put it to you this way. Most vampires, if you should encounter any others, you will find them to be, I guess, what most people would consider morally depraved. And a lot of that comes from their long years. They can look at people and see them as not much different than previously you would have looked at a pet. They're short-term companions. They're animals. Their life doesn't matter much. It's not the route I chose to take. But even trying to take a higher ground morally has its its own issues. Uh, you take, take Zob, for example. Mm-hmm. We love each other very much, but he lives every day with the knowledge in the back of his mind that one day he will be gone and I will have to move on. So 
there will have to be somebody else. Why don't you just turn him? I've discussed it with him, but he will not. It's, it's not something he wants. This may sound, I guess, a little, uh, mean. I don't mean it meanly, but it, I mean, that's a consequence of his choice. I cannot blame him for his choice, though, because if the lore is correct, if a vampire does die, Phrasma will destroy them, if at all possible. She does not even want them to have an afterlife. And if they are not destroyed, the afterlife that awaits them is not a great one by any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, don't die. Yeah, but would you condemn your own soul for somebody else? When you know that there's a very good chance sooner or later, one of those hunters will catch up to you. Well, I came from a place where I didn't think there was going to be anything after death anyway, so wouldn't be a huge leap for me. I'm just saying. Don't know that I'd have anybody that, you know, I'd actually do it for, but. I'm just saying, I cannot blame him for not wanting to take that path. Fair enough. He would probably just sit around and chit-chat with you for a little while. Just trying to uh, help you understand your new way of life and whatnot. While waiting for Vari to show up. Okay. I would have uh, one inquiry for him in the meantime. Uh, In terms of uh, a spell he might be able to cast. Or may not. Uh, Is he capable of casting Unhallowed? And if so, could he give me an unhallowed option? Are you thinking about desecrate? Yeah. That's the one. I will check his list for that one. But yeah, he can cast that spell. Why? When I when I create undead, it'll make them slightly better. And it'll give them more hit points. But you already created your undead. Right, but I'll be able to make more later. Oh, okay. So you're talking about for in the future. Yeah. He would probably actually take uh, one of the smaller bones from the leftover part of the body that the head came from. Okay. And uh, put it on that and like thread a leather cord or something through it for you to wear it or tie it off or whatever. Okay. So yeah, the two of y'all would spend time talking, kind of just hanging out. You would get to actually watch him make this item but eventually, Ivari would show up. Uh, when she comes in, she does look like her normal self. Of course, you know what the deal is with that. She would basically just just come in and sit down and, and you know not interrupt whatever little piece of conversation y'all were having there at the moment. You can make a sense motive check if you want to try to figure out what she's thinking or feeling about this whole situation. Okay. To 30. Oh, 30? Yes. Just a 30? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, she seems okay. She doesn't seem like she's nervous. Rick is nervous, so I'm going to make him bluff. That is a 37. Oh, God, I don't think she... No, she cannot be that. Well, then he appears as cool as his skin. Now, Gavin might be able to beat it. Let's see. He gets the same bonus. He gets better bonuses than me. Yeah, he gets better bonuses than you, and he rolled an 18 on the die, so so he knows what's going on. She's clueless, though. So, yeah, uh, like, 
when whatever little topic you are talking about wraps up, uh, Gav will just kind of look at you and go, well, um, it appears dinner has delivered itself. <laughs> He's just kind of like, <laughs> he just kind of like makes a face like not kind of rude but he'll uh he'll he'll turn to uh vari and uh walk forward and be like a hi <laughs> you doing okay um yeah so far found ways to uh stay busy now that you don't sleep yeah uh i've uh gotten some small petty revenge uh and does it have anything to do with the skeleton head floating around yes yes it does i have spider legs and somehow you're the weird one he shrugs so uh i'm uh i'm supposed to bite you this is i turn i kind of turn back <laughs> to gavin i'm like this is you know like like on the neck is a stereotypical like uh, little bee that got to suck your blood uh, on the neck sort of thing or uh, well that works uh, any place where you've got a, a uh, large vein or artery running near the surface works uh, okay um I mean, I, I suppose it depends on where you would like to bite her and if she will allow it. Hey, he's just like mumbling. He's like, I'm just trying to make, make him not hurt. Stupid. Uh, uh, he thinks about it for a second. And uh, he goes, uh, can I have your arm? Yeah, she just kind of shrugs and holds her arm out. I'll do the interview with the vampire thing with the wrist. Okay. What I'm going to need you to do is make a will save to see whether oh, you stay in control of yourself. Or that not. is not an amazing roll. That's a seven. Okay, so that that's the first round. Make another one. That is much better. That is a 19. Make another one. That's a six. Okay, make a fourth one. That is a 20. Dirty. Alright, so at this point, you feel Gav not physically, but within your head tell you stop. I just like spit her wrist out. And this is, of course, the first time you've experienced this phenomenon with him. It told you about it, but this is the first time you've felt it. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Sorry, but uh, I I get it. I get it. I'm. I look at at Marty. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you're like, it's like licking the blood off of his lips, and you're just like, sorry. Evidently, this is going to take some practice. Apparently, I rolled pretty fucking good on two of those. <laughs> My will save isn't real high. Yeah. You do find that for the first time since being in this form, you don't feel hungry. Hmm. This is like completely sated that hunger. Hmm. 
That's that's nice. Um, <laughs> how's Vari looking? Um, she looks a bit tired, and like she will sit back down. And a few minutes later, the door will open, and Zav will come in carrying a tray of, of, of food and juice for her and such because like he knew when it was happening right and if you would like to make a sense motive on him too you can okay uh that's a 27 okay yeah so he's not like angry or anything like that of course this this was her choice you know mm-hmm. he's just disappointed he's he's not happy about it either it's not what he would choose for his sister. Uh, um, so, like, he may be sorry. a little upset, but it's not with you. It's with her. He's still going to apologize to her. She'll kind of shrug. She'll say, I knew what I was getting into. Thanks uh, for volunteering, I guess. That's surprising. You know, I didn't, you know, go ape shit on night one. Thought this would be easier. Well... Gab would speak up and he'd go, well, night one, you could smell the people, but uh, you'd never actually fed before. The alternative blood was the only thing you had had, and you didn't really know what you were missing. You've been eating your pizzas for the last 20 years, day in, day out, every meal, and somebody just brought you a steak dinner all of a sudden. Um, makes sense. Um, I've got something I can, I think I can... Uh, help with um, to kind of undo some of the damage. Oh, well, I can fix her. Oh, never mind. Uh, Iwari just doesn't particularly like to be seen as weak. And I didn't know she'd want me patching her up in front of you. Oh, I don't have access to, uh, restoration spells but uh I do know how to make a blood bag well as I say not necessary if she wishes aid I can provide it okay but uh on other business you wanted to familiar yes uh yeah all right well there's a magic circle in the basement I suggest we head down there there you go Oh, I'm not going to insult anybody by asking that question. I go back down. I go downstairs. What question were you going to ask? Are they going to be okay? I'm talking about Vari and Zav. Yeah. Like Zav's fine. He feels the pain of the bite, but nothing else, you know. But yeah, they, they'll they actually go downstairs with you. Oh, okay. And get the oogadies and the boogadies on. Yes, there will be much oogadie boogadie. Vari will actually help with the ritual. Uh, she is an unlimited caster as well. So uh, she will actually uh, assist Gav in the ritual itself. Okay. I take note. I, I commit things to memory. Well, as far as they're concerned, you can sit there and write stuff down if you want to. Eh, he doesn't want to appear that overly interested. But yeah, all in all, it'll take about an hour for them to complete. At which time the head will gain the links of a familiar with you. Uh, it now knows it's suffering. He <laughs> gains an intelligence score. Yeah. Rick is just such a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> well, once again, it's not actually, you know, the person. Um, it's intelligence is, I think, completely 
solely based off of this bond and is unique to the bond, so. Yeah, but you just stated it now knows it's suffering. I'm just saying, Rick is obviously a very nice person. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of uh, chill for these people. <laughs> you know, the one, the ones who uh, more directly, you know, tried to kill him. And uh, one that is the brother of the person who actually killed him. So once the ritual is done, though, what are you doing? I will be acquainting myself with my familiar, and uh, as it is intelligent, it doesn't have the ability to speak, but there's the empathic link. Okay, that's right. I forgot about that. I don't often have familiars myself, so... He's figuring that out. So, as the ritual ends and you start interacting with this thing, uh, Zav and Gavin are going to wander off. Vari's going to walk up to you, and she's going to hand you... Just kind of hand you a little rolled up piece of paper. Okay. It kind of looks like a mini scroll. Uh, <laughs> I take it. Give give me a couple of days. We can try again. Okay. And she will turn around and walk off. I'll open up the mini scroll. It's a note. And the note says, come see me. And it's signed by Mal. Is it nighttime yet? Yeah, it's dark out by now. I'm going to go down in the tunnel and I'm going to go into the basement and uh, into Mal's basement and just look around. Um, It doesn't seem any different than it did before. Okay, then I will, uh, I'll gear up, do my whole mask shindig guru with the magic detection and that fun stuff. I'll go ahead and I'll have uh, Deju suppress, and this is the lovely part about him being intelligent, I'll have him suppress his fire and I'll let him keep his shadows up because that'll only help him be more difficult to detect in the dark. Right. Um, so he's not shedding light or drawing attention or anything. And I will go in or up to Mal's door and can knock. So you can knock on the front door of what you know to be Mal's noble housing. Yeah. Just once, not like drawing attention. But there is no answer from within the house. However, from across the street, at the Smithies, you hear Mal's voice, and he's like, hey, over here. Uh, Rickle turn, look around, and he'll, uh, He'll he'll cross the street. If, if if he feels at any point like he's really just out in the open, he'll let his shadows out to uh obscure him. But uh he'll he'll go over to uh the smithy. And uh like he's just kind of standing against the doorway there, and as you walk up, he'll open the door and he'll be like, Won't you please come in? I might have asked, but you didn't give me a chance, and I'll go inside. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Destress Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting. And for that, check out Fountain of Fear. 
All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you zone. guys probably the, like the zone. I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elmer's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And this is Last Call, so finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time.